Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I'm John Fuller, and I have issues. I'm here with Greg Smalley, who's in charge of our Focus on the Family Marriage Department, and uh, uh, we'll get to your issues in just a minute. (laughs) But first, let's go ahead and hear from Dr. Kevin Lehman. He's got a theory about birth order. It makes a lot of sense, helps a lot of couples, and here he is with Jim Daly. Yeah, I, I didn't ask Jim if we could do this, but I'd, it'd be kind of fun to hear you give an assessment of where he and Gene might be at as a <laughs> hey, couple. Hey, wait a second. I was going to ask that about you and Dina. I preempted you on Who's that. Who's driving the show here? Because so, you're the baby of the family. I'm the but baby of six firstborn. years, so yeah, I'm like a baby kind firstborn. Of a functional firstborn, as, as Kevin said. Is she said. a firstborn? And then, no, she's a thirdborn daughter out of six kids. Okay. But she's not the last. There's a, a brother underneath her. So she could be. She's a last born so daughter. So she's a last born daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that, I, as you I'm just... going to tell you straight to your face it could work. <laughs> <laughs> well, 28 years, it seems to be uh, moving along. How about you and Dina, John? Well, I'm, I'm a firstborn married to a middle child who sometimes acts like a firstborn. Is it possible for uh, a child that's in the middle, I mean, Jean, last-born daughter, but she tends to have first-born attributes of a bit of perfectionism. Is that typical? It can happen all the time. Once you get to large families, and again, today, a, a large family is a family of four, for Pete's sake, but you have those families that are eight, nine, ten kids. Within the family, there's at least three subfamilies in all probability. Just because of the age grouping. Because of the age grouping or the sex or some one of those attributes. And I think that's what made the birth order book sell well over a million copies because everybody's got a birth order and everybody understands that all the cubs came out of the den, same den, and yet they're very different. So let's also include some of those things. We talked about firstborns who marry and some uh, things they can do intentionally to communicate better. Uh, talk the other birth combos. How does a, a last born and a middle child in a marriage, how do they communicate better? Well, last borns have to understand one thing, that they're not the only person in the union. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, that's what us babies are good at. There's times I'm ashamed of how I think, ashamed of how I act, because it's so easy as a baby to think about only yourself. Center of the universe. We practice what we call natural tithing in the Lehman family, which means if we see a need in someone's life and we can help meet that need, we do that. That's really good therapy for me, just to give things to people without anything coming back. And I think babies in particular have a harder time being a good husband or a good wife because they tend to be, by their nature, too self-centered. And you have to be other people-centered. Middle children are great at other people. Centered, And that's why I mentioned earlier, middle children are tremendously loyal. They have friends outside of the family, which is key, outside of the family. No one ever asks a middle child, what do you think? So you always want to be making sure that you're tapping into the feelings and ideas and concerns that your middle child spouse has. On the other hand, as a middle child, you have to understand this spouse needs a few uh, fish thrown their way like a like you throw a few fish to a seal. Orf, orf. And us little babies need strokes. Well, you heard Kevin kind of uh, giving his analysis of Jim and Jean and uh, John and Dina. So, uh, Greg, as you listened, what would you think about Greg and Aaron, um, and especially that observation that the baby of the family has to overcome selfishness? The truth is, actually, 
we all have to overcome selfishness, right? But it's much more fun to talk about the baby because that's Erin, my wife. <laughs> and she's not here. <laughs> exactly. So. She can't. How long do you have? She can't defend herself. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes that someone said one time, I was listening to them, and they said, marriage will show you how selfish you are. Parenting will show you how angry you are. Hmm. And as I thought about that, that's very, very true. Because based on our birth order, personalities, you know, we, we are selfish. And, you know, I think about like the firstborn, you know, the perfectionist. Things has to be done my way, how I see it done. And so Careful. when that person believes it needs to be done this way and their spouse isn't cooperating, isn't doing it that way. What's your problem? Oh, man. Then you just think about the power struggle, the mm-hmm. tension, the conflict that comes from that. As a middle child, you know, I think about selfishness often comes from the belief the fundamental belief, which is true that nothing was fair. (laughs) My older sibling got everything. My younger sibling, the baby, he got everything. And I was always left out. And so, for example, we were on a family vacation. And I think the first night for dinner, Aaron said, hey, I want to go here. And then the second night, our daughter said, no, you know, I want to go to this restaurant. And it was, it was like, Hey, do I matter in any of this? Like, this is so unfair. Everybody else is choosing where they get to go. And here, once again, I'm left so out. So that's the self-talk. Right. What do you do with that? You know, I, it, to remind myself that that's selfish. And, and, and if that's okay, it's not a shaming thing. It's just a recognition that as a middle child, that's often I feel things are unfair. And the moment that I begin to think that way, that's when pride sets in and nothing good comes from pride. As a matter of fact, the Bible in Proverbs talks about that pride leads to conflict because pride shows up many ways is I'm very aware of what I want and I'm going to work really hard to convince you that what I want is the right thing to do oh, or that my opinion ouch. is the right. Ouch. You, know? you can stop anytime. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's just being aware of those moments that there are probably some legitimate wounds as a middle child that I have to deal with. But, you know, how I ultimately want to show up in my marriage is a husband that sacrifices for his family. It doesn't mean that I don't matter that I'm invisible as a middle child. It's just good to to be reminded of that when I feel like my buttons have been triggered because no one cares about me. I think the babies of the family are so used to getting their own way that in those moments that your spouse is suggesting maybe an alternative to what you've just wanted or or suggested you know, just to be aware that, that, you know what, yeah, probably as a baby of the family, I'm used to, to being the one that gets to decide things, and both people need to matter in the marriage. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, John, that's what's hard about marriage, is that I usually want what I want, and I think how I think is the right way, and yet to remind myself again and again and again that Aaron also needs to matter. Both mm-hmm. of us matter. Yeah. Both of us need to have a voice. Both of us need to be included. So we need to figure out, you know, what that looks like and in, in how we arrive at that. Rather that's a compromise or really sitting down and figuring out what feels like a win to both of us. Just keep repeating that in your mind. Both need to matter. Yeah. And there are so many great resources out there to help you just continue to have the right perspective, a godly perspective about your relationship. 
Um, certainly the book that uh, we've heard about today and last time from Dr. Kevin Lehman is exceptional. It's really, really helpful if you'd like to better understand your own self and your spouse. It's called The Birth Order Book, and we'll send a copy of that as our thank you gift when you make a donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today. Your contribution is going to help us continue to reach couples around the world with God's love and with biblical advice. We'd also uh, suggest that you take our free marriage assessment. It's on the website, and uh, about a million couples now have taken that. It's great. It just takes a few minutes, and uh, it'll help you understand better who you are as a couple and maybe an area or two of improvement. Uh, Those resources, opportunities to donate, uh, that book and the marriage assessment, and more are all available at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash podcast. Take a moment and leave a review of these podcasts at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the content because that feedback really helps get the word out. It helps us know what you need, too. And thanks in advance for doing that. Well, for Greg Smalley and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.